Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap. Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap. Let's go. Zen, trap, zen, trap, zen, trap, zen, trap. Protect your peace, protect your energy. <laughs> welcome back to the Zen Trap podcast. We got another special ZTP Zen Trap perspective for you today. I'm one of your two hosts, Zen P. Yogi LG. And yo, Gil G, tell me what book we're reviewing today. All right, today we are v- reviewing the Four Hour Work Week. This is by Timothy Ferris, um, and it says on here: Escape the nine to five, live anywhere, and join the new rich. So, for somebody who's never read this book, who would you recommend this book to? Uh, I would recommend this book probably to anybody that is trying to change their lifestyle literally on the back it says do not read this book unless you want a new way of living and it says warning so um anyone trying to change their lifestyle like if you want to live differently than how you're doing now let's say you're living a nine to five or even a you know you're doing some night job or whatever your job is you don't want to live that way anymore uh he has this concept called new rich it's about joining this new this group of people that live as though they're rich um, and maybe they aren't, aren't classified as rich. So I would explain it as basically a concept on uh, how to join that group of people. And for me, it was an efficiency, um, like clinic almost, oh, yeah, on how to be agree. efficient, how to uh, really tackle things and head on and like maximize your time. So definitely yeah. if you're trying to be efficient, I would recommend this as well. And being busy don't mean you're efficient. Come on now. Being busy don't mean you're productive. You just busy. You could just be whole busy. Whole lot of motion, not a lot of action. Or a whole lot of action, just not towards your goal. That too. That too. So uh, who would you recommend it to? Uh, same. People trying to change their lives. I, again, like you said, it's an efficiency, efficiency clinic. So anybody looking to try and figure out if there's ways for you to improve something you're doing, whether it's something... Uh, at work in your personal life, if you're looking for a different way to think outside of the box, uh, looking for solutions to make you better. Like if you think you're doing perfect right now, you want to see if you possibly could be improving on your perfect, read this book. Absolutely. I agree a thousand percent. All right. um, Let's see. How would you describe it to someone who's never read it? I would describe this almost as a manual on trying to teach you concepts and principles to think about and consider and um, to apply to different methods that fit your lifestyle and your definition of what you want to deem as successful. It gives you a new way of defining success for you. And it gives you, again, like techniques and principles, like almost step by step, broad general guides with like work studies and examples and quoted resources that you can go and look up for yourself to vet. Um, to build the life that you want to live, that you can determine if you would even like to build uh, that life and how, like, anybody can be an entrepreneur if they want to. What about you? How would you um, I would it? I would describe it as something similar. I think uh, the biggest thing I would describe would probably be that one-liner where he talks about DEAL, and DEAL stands for Definition, Elimination, Automation, and Liberation. And so the book is kind of split up into those type of steps, and everything that needs to happen in those steps for you to join the new rich, for you to live a different type of lifestyle. If you take, there's something in each of those sections for every person that's looking to change their life, whether Facts. you're an employee, entrepreneur, whatever. Boss, there's CEO, janitor, teacher. Anything. There are things in this book and each of those deal letters uh, that can definitely help you. So that's how I would describe it. Man, let's get to my favorite part. F okay. all the bull. All right, cool. Give me some bars. Give What's your favorite bars. bar? Start with your favorite or, you know, start from some of your, your mids all the way up to your favorite. Mids, let me see. I got so many favorites as usual. All right. So the other thing about this book is it was pretty comical. Like Oh, yeah. He, he has a comical he has this dry say, humor. I definitely can drink with him at a bar. So. Yeah, he has this dry humor. And he says, I loved, I pointed that out in a lot of places in the book. He'll say like, this is stupid. Like, just, like, clear yeah, as to day. to let you know, like, hey, I'm not, <laughs> like, I recognize I, this is dumb that I you have to go about it this way. All right, so I, I'm going to just tell you, like, some of my favorite 
concepts and maybe bars in the middle of that. Uh, but the comfort challenge. So he has this comfort challenge. I'm going to fix my face. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Bars or concepts or these stories? Or It's fine. Do it that way. Okay. Comfort challenge. <laughs> All right. Comfort challenge. Um, so he says you get two phone numbers or get phone numbers for two days. That's what it is. And he's basically like, uh, you got to <laughs> be sure you maintain eye contact and ask for phone numbers at least two. Um of attractive members of the opposite sex on each day and this does not exclude women or anybody else <laughs> he's looking at me like that because we we actually practice that often oh we practice oh oh we practice we, pra- it. <laughs> we practice it do we practice it or does it just get suggested as a game often and, and we, we just never end up following through oh hey don't do that we don't oh, follow okay through. my bad my chill bad. out man my we bad. don't follow I mean, we through so it is something that tried we tried to play the game like 20 times and we probably done got through it like three is what i can remember i think that's on both sides i think i done had a few challenges similar comfort challenges that you ain't deliver on as well hey we talk about that all right. <laughs> either way um it was things like that that he was putting in the book that was just like, man, I'm seeing it in us already, as well as um, I think one day he was talking about keeping eye contact with some people. Like, we for three days. Just Y'all did look, that in China. Yeah, we, exactly. We did it in China. Y'all did it in China. I mean, tell them about it. <laughs> uh, so while we were in China, of course, we're black, right? So people are staring. Uh, it's like for real in some of these smaller cities in China they've never seen black people and so the darker you are the more they're excited like oh my god they're black so people were staring at us we're on the trains just kind of running around China four black girls uh, five maybe I don't know if it was somebody else that was with us so we uh, started staring at people like making eye contact when they looked at us we would just look back and like the first to like look away lost but we ain't take no L's. Like, we was winning. We was going to wait till they stopped looking at us. We had these little stare-offs. It was pretty cool. It was pretty intense. <laughs> it was. We made it a game, but it was really like... We was, yeah, when I read that comfort challenge, it made me immediately think of when y'all told that story. I was like, oh, dang, they did that. Yeah, so just things like that um, that you didn't even realize, like, can be a challenge for some people. Or even a challenge for me still. Like, sometimes... A lot of people. Yeah, yeah I don't even be looking at... Like, I'm... and. He even brings up like um, keeping eye contact while you're talking or while you're listening. It's one of the other. While you're listening, bro. While you're listening. He was like, it's easy to do while you're talking. But while you're listening, keep eye contact with the person. I was like, oh, that's tough. Have have Is that tough? That's tough for me. It's not tough for me. Oh, no. it's not tough for you? <laughs> no. It's not a problem right, for me. Cool. Got it. <laughs> I noticed that I don't. Uh, what's, what's one of your favorite bars, though? What? You, you ain't got no more bars? Or you? I mean, I got more bars. All right, cool. I'll, I'll do one. I'll do one. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. If I go to um, page 305. Matter of fact, I ain't going to start with my favorite. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just start with one that's close to it. Okay. All right. For the past 33 years, I have looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row... I know I need to change something. Almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. Remembering that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. That quote is from Steve Jobs, college dropout and CEO of Apple Computer. That's pretty good. I love that. I really did. Bars. Too, especially the too many days in a row. Yeah, not Allowing like something your, yeah, crazy like exactly. every day I got to be able to say yes. No. No. I love that. You got consistent days of saying no after a while. You need to have a little control. Like if I have, I don't know. You got to determine what it is for you. Two weeks, a week, five days, whatever it is for yeah. you. Something got to change. But immediately when you when you think about that, it realigns you to your focus. Like wait, every day on. it realigns your focus. Every day it's like, hold on, am I doing? What, what am I doing, doing today? Am I gonna hate today already? Just am I? Do I think I'm gonna hate today? And you you could get to the end of the day and be like, this was the best day ever. Yeah. The day I thought was gonna be tragic. Yeah. Horrible. Had the best time ever. That's true. So you may need to readjust at the end of the night and see if you got like two nos. 
you know, just like, take it a step further. Ooh, okay. Because like, at the end of the day, you could have flipped it. You thought like, man, I don't want to do what I'm doing today. So no. Then you get to the end of the day. Is it still no? But and is how that because your goal changed? Who knows what it could be? Ooh. I don't know. I don't know what happened in the day. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just, My thing is if you set out for a goal and you set out to do whatever you're going to do for that day, right? And you're thinking in the morning, like, am Am I doing what I want to do today as I'm planning out my day? And you get to the end of the day, you did those things. And you thought in the beginning of the day you weren't going to like it. But at the end of the day you did. Then did your goal change? I mean, that's one question of many you could ask about what made it a good day is that's what true. I was saying. That's true. That's true. All right. Um, I got something for you. Problems. As a rule, solve themselves or disappear when you remove yourself as an information bottleneck and empower others. So I thought that was good because I often feel like I have to fix all the problems. Like, oh, there's a problem? Let me do it. Even if somebody asks for help, I even sometimes am that person like, oh, I'll just do it. Um, so in that, read that, like, sometimes if you just remove yourself from it, the issue will disappear. And you're empowering others by... Just taking yourself That's out. That's what I like to call it. I'm empowering you by not doing nothing. <laughs> and you don't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> Delegation. Yeah, but I even think, like, I can use that on, like, uh, a sore subject for me is trips. Like, traveling <laughs> and stuff like that. We go with a big group of people, and I feel responsible for everything. Like, I got to plan everything. Stuff will get worked out. I just step back and remove myself from it. Then I don't have to... I won't fix it, but it'll get fixed. Yeah, and I think the only thing we got to work on with that, because, I mean, me too, is communicating that I'm pulling myself back versus having people just yeah. in limbo. Blindsided. Where blindsided. <laughs> hey, blindsided. Hey, what, what's that? <laughs> you just you talking to me? Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, you nigga. You usually plan this stuff. Why? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> you booked a flight. Oh, yeah, true. All right, I'm going to hit you with, ooh, this is my favorite bar. And I'm going to put it like three bars together into one, but it's the same concept in like almost three different bars. So if you don't have attention, you don't have time. Time without attention is worthless. So value attention over time. Be focused on work or focused on something else. Never in between. Income is renewable. But some other resources like attention are not. I've talked before about attention as a currency and how it determines the value of time. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But like, let me make sure. I think I wrote something else on the front cover. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I wrote. Like attention, if you think about it as, as a form of currency along with time. It opens up a whole new perspective for you, because um, then it just starts going into how to how you can get into like a minimal lifestyle, and I, I'll probably talk more about that in the like stories and stuff. But as concepts, but the bar itself for me, if you start just thinking about, because a lot of times we talk about how our time is valuable and stuff like that, but we don't take it a step further with like, I'll give an example. Your father, your parent coming to your game, but they sitting on their laptop the whole time. Every time you look over there while you playing or something to see if they're watching, they're not. You can't even get like that eye contact of like, yeah, come on, keep going. That was invaluable to that to to the person that was there wanting your attention. So your time, it's not just your time; it's about your attention and being in that moment and bringing everything cumulatively together. Right, which is why I think over and over we hear don't multitask. Right, because how can you give all of your attention to multiple things at one time? And I even think that's a that's a really good example also because not only did it not deliver on, it didn't hit like it was supposed to, that dad being at that game, it also made it worse. Made like, it worse. If, and I realized with me, if I, I come to somebody like, hey, you got time for me? Yeah, go ahead. But I'm doing other stuff the whole time. How am I making them feel? Right, and they don't got my attention. They just got my time. You just filling up space while I'm really paying attention to something else. So yeah, that's that was a good. One. Um, I got one I thought was interesting. Um, it's by Albert Einstein. Okay. Reading after a certain age diverts the mind too much from its creative pursuits. 
any man who reads too much and uses his own own brain too little falls into lazy habits of thinking. And I thought that was very, very uh, good in the sense that a lot of people, or even me right now, reading a lot of books, uh, getting a lot of information, sometimes I focus a lot on what the books say or refer to that versus allowing my heart to lead me, my brain to lead me, to, to know that you have the information there, you know the concepts, you just got to practice it. It's there. So just trusting my brain in that sense. Instead of relying on like, oh, do I need to go back and read that chapter on fear? You know, it's funny. Was, I heard somebody talk like that before. What? About what you're talking about, like learning that way. Mm-hmm. You know what it was? You know. Who? You. <laughs> Lindsay in college (laughs) she was telling me like junior year I remember it like man I don't even really care if I get a C like that because I'm more focused on the learning than I am on getting the A because all these people they in there like you know they they just know it so they just doing it but they forget it like the next semester but when I go in there and I practice the work I really be knowing the stuff and I you know I can talk about my C at least I can say what happened outside of the class (laughs) (laughs) I was a different person in college (laughs) That's why you making me sound like that. It's no, it just it's funny that it seems no, you forgot it, it too. Like, no, it, but ooh. not even from a education standpoint. I definitely remember and still feel that way. It's hard for me to study with people who just be like, oh, "I'm gonna look it up on the internet." Why learn it? Learn it so you can answer the questions. Then you don't ever have to look it well, up again. Speaking from someone who likes to look stuff up on the internet, uh, <laughs> that may be my way of learning it. Like I see somebody do it, now I can practice and learn it. So what I'm saying is, even now. I still feel that way. What I didn't apply it to was like life decisions, trusting my instinct from that perspective. I looked at it only from an educational perspective. So I think now. I don't understand. Do you want to expand on that or not? I mean, I can. Uh, So me saying that was like, for example, I'm in statics, right? Statics. I got to the end of semester. I probably got like a bunch of C's on stuff. If I got to the end of semester and I passed the final, like I got like forty-seven out of fifty because I knew the concept. So once we got to the final, yeah, the and test that's my life. Yeah, the test you is practice easy. so much. I noticed. I done. I done did it. I may have not had it right when we took the test, but after that, I got it, and now I'm good for the final. Right? I learned it. So I wasn't applying that to like my better judgment when it comes to my life. That hey, these books have told you certain things about. Uh, your spiritual journey or your meditation or uh, when you're in silence or how to um, assess your thoughts or like look at your thoughts as clouds or feelings as clouds like I'm I'm knowing these things here but not trusting that and using that same concept that I would for statics in my life like now it's time for me to make a decision or I'm at the final I ain't saying final for life that's yeah, I guess I'm confused because I guess the statics decision you saying like the lesson you learned in getting a good grade in statics? No, 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 no. That's I'm, why I'm confused. I'm saying the concept of trusting that I know the material for truly what it is and not just learning it for that moment. That whole concept. Oh, okay. I'm so not let me try and repeat. So you saying like us reading these books and then mm-hmm. having new to this, you not just learning it so that you can just talk to people, but learning it because you've applied it to your life and you're practicing it. What I'm saying is it's like I didn't do that with these type of books. Yes, I'm saying, but you said it as though I was doing it. I'm not doing it, and that's what I'm recognizing is that I'm not trusting myself with the information. Okay, so I said it. I said it wrong though. Yeah. What what part did I say wrong? I guess that's what. You you said it like I was doing it. I'm saying I'm not doing it. Everything you said was right, but. The you put it as in like you've been doing it, and I'm saying I no, I didn't mean it like you were doing it. I meant like that's what you were saying. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was good for me. Just using my own brain, it it makes me lazy relying on the books. So yeah, that was a good bar for me. You got some other joints. I mean, I got plenty. Bars. I mean, it's a lot of quotes in this book. Honestly, Um, like at the beginning of like different sections, he has all these quotes, um, and a lot of those quotes. A man is rich in proportion to the number of things he can afford to let alone. Henry David Thoreau. Um, Let's see, page seventy-five. I just got stuff circled. 
It's lonely at the top. 99% of people in the world are convinced they are incapable of achieving great things, so they aim for the mediocre. The level of competition is thus fiercest for realistic goals, paradoxically making them the most time and energy consuming. It is easier to raise $1 million than it is 100000 It is easier to pick up the one perfect 10 in the bar than the five eights. So another example of that in my head is, let me think, the level of competition. Oh, I used to say in college, um, majoring in business is harder. Not majoring, because I got I, you, semantics people. Graduating with a business degree is more, uh, what's the word? tough it's a harder job market than it is graduating with an engineering degree oh, because it's not a lot of engineers it's a lot of engineering jobs naturally you should be able to find a job if you grad if you go through the tough process of getting a degree the tough process but if you let's say business is a easier degree to get if you go through the easier part of getting that business degree everybody has a business degree it's not a lot of business jobs I, I was saying that freshman year, like, man, I can't imagine being in business school and having to keep being creative, coming up with ideas and... Yeah, for sure. That, yeah. And you got to think about, where am I going to work? Am I working for myself? What, yeah. what job <laughs> what am, am I getting that I just say? I have, a, I have a degree in business. I can do it all. Right. All right. We create stress for ourselves because you feel like you have to do it. You have to. I don't feel that anymore. That was from Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I like that. Yeah. I like that because it's almost like when people get to a certain level of rich and they got to have that aha moment of like um, somebody, your assistant or something come to you because you this rich now yeah. and they like, you got to do this, 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 and this, and this today. And then you just like, no, I don't. I don't got to do I've worked myself to this spot just so that I could not choose what I do to do any of it. I'm not doing none of that on that list today. How about that? None of that. Oh, my God. What do I, am I supposed to tell you no? Like, what am I supposed to do? All right. So, uh, another area or bar, uh, he talks about Pareto's Law. And it's 80-20. Come on now. Don't look at me like I don't know 80-20, baby. Come 80, on now. 80-20 rule. Um, Lean which basically similar. says 20% of the sources causing you 80% of your problems and unhappiness. And there's 20% of the sources that are resulting in 80% of your desired outcome and happiness. I can't wait to me and you do these exercises in yeah. here and share them. Yeah. So we should probably just, I'm, I'm going I'm to say one more bar okay. and then we can like move into like concepts and yeah, stuff like that. Sure, sure. All right. So all courses of action are risky. Every single option. So prudence is not in avoiding danger because that's impossible. But calculating risk and acting decisively. Make mistakes of ambition and not mistakes of sloth. Develop the strength to do bold things, not the strength to suffer. Niccolo Macalavai, the prince. <laughs> What's that mean to you? Or I can try and. Yeah, break, break it down. All right. Hey, right, layman terms. Every decision you try and make. It's going to be some risk in it. Everything you do in the decision, because you don't know 100% of nothing when you're making the decision. All the saying is, if you're going to make a mistake, make it bold. Don't make it uh, uh, just letting stuff go with the flow or, or passively and stuff. It's just like they talk about in football. If you're going to make a mistake on a football field, make it hard and fast in the wrong, in the wrong way. We can adjust where you're going, but we can't really do nothing if you ain't got the effort there. We can like... Bring the bullseye in closer, but if you not even hitting the board and you not, I don't know if that's making sense no, no more no. now. If you just not, if you ain't even running and giving the effort, we can't even direct you in the place because it's not going to matter. It's like daring greatly. Like yeah, if you're going to go out there and dare, do it greatly. Do it with everything behind you. Mistakes are inevitable. inevitable. So you trying to prepare to slow all these mistakes down is actually making you inefficient. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's from Efficient Academy, four-hour work week. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so what was your favorite section or chapter? Oh, man. I'm going to have to say, I'm going to give two answers. My okay. favorite chapter, just based off of how I currently, currently live my life and aspire to live my life, would have to be elimination for sure. Okay. So that's step two, E is for elimination. Um, my favorite part for... 
where I'm at currently is probably like uh, it's between the automation and the definition just because I'm trying to do some entrepreneurial stuff now. So him literally breaking down different systems and ways to go about stuff in such detail was so helpful. Like I jotted down pages that I'm just going to recreate, literally go recreate and try and do myself like from the brainstorming method all the way down to like, like the full life cycle. Just yeah. like, so those are like my favorite for like where I'm at right now, but for what I relate to in like my personal life and business life is the elimination for sure. Yeah. Like so many different bars and concepts on how to, eliminate clutter and get more productive and create that space that I keep talking about because if you always in survive mode you don't have enough time to even reflect and get better absolutely I, I definitely identify with elimination step two elimination the most um, it was just so eye-opening and he even hit stuff in liberation or even like the last but not least section where he kind of just reminds you of everything and that went back to elimination that just resonated with me. But I would say as far as like what I'm going through in life right now, uh, liberation was really good for me. Ooh. Um, just Bars. And, and really the fact that he entitled that and what he talked about of how to escape this cycle that you're in of work and getting yourself out of that. And just talking about this mobile lifestyle. Literally, this is so good. on time and such a blessing for us with like the step-by-step nature. Oh like we are at the right, yes. like this book came at exactly the right point for it. Cause I was worried about packing and stuff and all that. Oh other yeah. Stuff. He started talking about packing and Boom. I was like, Ooh, I'm about easy. to do it to the T. He got like a list of like, this is what I took to Costa Rica. This, 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 this. The buy it when you dare concept. Like I just dare. need to hear somebody say it. Of course it logically makes sense yeah. in your head, but emotionally you just like, but I need it, right? Like, I need it. Yeah. Or what? I need an umbrella. Am I right? Buy another umbrella. Buy buy, umbrella you, you pack it. Now you got more space and stuff. You just going to throw it away when you get there. Hit one, huh? That so, was, so that was so the liberation chapter. relates so much to elimination for me because yes. liberation just talks so much about why you need to do the elimination. Because yeah. first you just read the elimination like, yeah, all that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then liberation just like, good. now do it, nigga. And you just like, oh, wait. Mm, hold on. But that's my favorite shirt. Yeah. Uh, even in the elimination, when it talks about, talked about it saying like, do not multitask, right? Doing more to feel productive while actually accomplishing, accomplishing less is like so big in like the, the work culture to me, corporate America. Like he was talking about, you could just run around the office with your phone to your ear and papers in your hand. People think you're doing Somebody something. Somebody told me that my yeah. first internship. Yeah. Boss sat me down and told me, Hey, if you want to just look good, it's all about, about looking the show too. Told me that like, Hey. Don't walk slow around the plant. Walk like you're going somewhere. Yep. And people going to just, he gave just me all those little tidbits yep. about like, do this, this, and this. And people going to think you're doing it. I ain't doing nothing. Got to play the game sometimes. Yeah, you definitely got to play the game sometimes. Elimination was just a really good chapter. I, I even thought about like, and I started doing my little activities, right? So there's activities in the book that he challenges you to do, questions you can ask yourself, write this down, make this list, super good stuff. I'm, I'm doing some of them, but like one of my things on like what causes me most of my discomfort or stress, how many clothes I have like on laundry day just drives me nuts. It drives me nuts, but I also love to wear my clothes. So it's like a... I'm like, ah, but that elimination chapter cleared it up. Like, it's going to be hard at first, but once you start tossing out this stuff, if I could get rid of that, it's I could definitely get rid of this. Getting rid of the piece. Just once you roll just, down, let's just, just go. Let it all go. Hey, my closet's about to get crazy. But you know what it's going to turn into? Your closet's going to get crazy with new stuff, and you're just going to keep having elimination recycles, Ooh. and you're going to learn that I'm just changing with the times. Now Ooh, I'm just baby, getting flyer I just, and flyer. I just give me like 10 good fits for the times. For the times. Like, for oh, times. guess what? Time so new for year, some new stuff. New, new year, new lens. Buy it when you get there. I shot when I land, land in London. Woo, you know now you talking. <laughs> I'm a shot when I land in now London. Now you talking crazy. It's stuff with tags on it. I never even got to it. I didn't get past <laughs> outfit number three. Oh, man, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. All right, anything else you want to give on? Man, just concept. So I just really wanted to elaborate more because I feel like we got time now. For sure. We ain't got to rush this. For sure. Um, principles over methods. Mm -hmm. I want to read about that for a little bit, but... I just want to give like one example because it's some, and this is, you know, just a little bit of my ego. It's some concepts in here that I feel like I've been talking about for like years that I just never been able to like articulate like this. Yeah, I got one too. 
selective ignorance. <laughs> I love to play dumb. That's that's his thing. When I read that, I immediately was like, that mm. has been my bar since I was like five. Huh? I don't know. What? <laughs> All right, so I, there's a, a little blurb in here about oh, wait, the, Do I need to say what selective ignorance oh, yeah, you is? Probably I guess you, just, you just assume yeah, everybody, right. everybody know what that is, right? Uh, hold on. I got to find it. Go ahead. Do what you're doing and I'll, and I'll right, say cool. what it is. So it there is a concept about a fat man in a red BMW convertible. Mm, and I that resonated. I remember this one, so I like this. Go ahead. It resonated actually for me and you just because he talks about um, basically his friend, him and his friend saw this dude. And a, a fat man in a red convertible, basically going through like some midlife crisis or whatever. Uh, actually, I'm gonna just read it. All right, um, let me see where should I saw. All right, cool, cool, cool. Before I escaped the U.S. to avoid taking a Uzi into McDonald's, at which I saw my future in another fat man in a midlife crisis BMW. I simply looked at those who were 15 to 20 years ahead of me on the same track, whether a director of sales or entrepreneur in the same industry, and it scared the hell out of me. Uh, so he was talking about him and his friend kind of keep each other on track. Uh, whenever one of us begin to set our sights lower, lose faith, or accept reality, the other would chime in via the phone or email like an AA sponsor. Dude, are you turning into a bald, fat man in a red BMW convertible? <laughs> the prospect was terrifying enough that we would always get our asses up and priorities back on track immediately. That the worst that could happen wasn't crashing and burning. It was to accept terminal boredom as a tolerable status quo. Really Say that it. last part again. That... <laughs> That's a bar, ain't it? That's a bar. The worst that could happen wasn't crashing and burning. It was accepting terminal boredom mm. as a tolerable status quo. Working just to work. And then it says, remember, boredom is the enemy, not some abstract failure. Some failure you made up. That's good. That's good. That's tough. That's tough. All right, you good? Yep, go ahead. Selective ignorance. Right. Cultivating selective ignorance. Love the even <laughs> chapter title, and it starts with a bar. There are many things of which a wise man might wish to be ignorant. That's Ralph Waldo Emerson. He came up with that in 1800. He been, he been on game. 1800, he been baby. He been hit. 1800, baby. Shout out to the 1900s. Shout out. We still out here. We still here, dog. All right. We the last of them, though. Ignorance may be bliss, but it is also practical. It is imperative that you learn to ignore or redirect all information and interruptions that are irrelevant, unimportant, or unactionable. Most are all three. <laughs> it's like a Bible. <laughs> the first step is to develop and maintain a low information diet. That means I'm minding my business. <laughs> You know that sound like, yep, yep. Hey, chill out. Just as modern man consumes both too many calories and calories of no nutritional value, aka you fat, information workers eat data both in excess and from the wrong sources. You just see out here eating all the junk information. Lifestyle design is based on massive action output. Increased output necessities, decreased input. Most information is time consuming, negative, irrelevant to your goals, and outside of your influence. I challenge you to look at whatever you read or watch today and tell me that it wasn't at least two of the four. All right, man. Look, I think it's like one more page in here about this, and I can like wrap this up real quick to you. Um, yeah, none of this, none of this part matters, but <laughs> don't give it to the people, man. Don't give it to the people. Yeah, yeah. Either way, it's just saying how to use selective ignorance as a tool. Which honestly, you know, you already know how to use it. You use it all the time. Oh, I know. I'm trying to help other people, man. Just tell them, man. They don't need what's in there. Tell well, them. this is a guide. So, and again, if you want layman terms, yeah. act dumb. <laughs> act dumb. Whatever that means to you. And don't, don't, not like dumb. Like you can't hear what they saying or something. Still respond, but just I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> really, I think what he. Because you don't really. What it's talking about is you, you're not really taking in all this information because it's irrelevant. So you're like, yeah, I heard you. Okay, I don't know. But make I sure it's idea. literally logic based yeah. for you to understand if it's irrelevant. That's why I say it's a principle. If what they're asking me is something that I am not able to action, I am not able to control, 
And it's something I truly don't really know a lot about. Like, right. you can gauge it. If I don't know at least, like, 50% or something relevant to the topic, I can't even help you on that. I ain't really acting dumb. I, I just really don't. I don't know nothing to help you with that. I don't know. If I had a solution, I would propose it. <laughs> but I don't got one. I don't even know. I'm broke, baby. I don't I'm broke. <laughs> All right. The, another comfort challenge I saw in there as well that was funny was something that you and uh, Londa Don talked about. How to read 200% faster in Yo, 10 minutes. that's crazy. I was like, oh my God, I got it in here. It's like, this is what I'm going to take for the book. How to read faster. Okay, tell us about it then. Did you try uh, it? Yeah, I tried it. I, I couldn't. I already knew. I already knew. I, I was like, it. I read it. I was like, let's just go try this and be like, it didn't work for me. I ain't like, going to say I just, it I'm not going to lie. I said, I'm going to say I need to practice it. So, I ain't have time to really like. All right, tell practice. me about it. Tell me, tell, like, right, so, help some other people learn uh, how to read. Two hundred percent faster. The biggest thing he said was like using your fingers to skim, right? And then as you do that, you're kind of picking up like the first three letters of the sentence and the last three letters of the sentence, and then using your peripheral to really like understand the rest of the sentence. That's funny. That's how I read, honestly. That's just how like I as reading so much. That's yeah, how I like. I read. make too many mistakes when I do that. Like. What I read will not make sense at the end of it because I'll be like assuming the absolutely wrong shit. You think dyslexic? Like you reading some words and putting it? I'm yeah, yeah, I got you. It was just funny how you said it. Go ahead. I mean, I was trying to say it not a way that it makes it seem like I'm trying to like joke on you or something. I was trying to say it serious. It still didn't fucking work. You think you're dyslexic? Sure, I don't know. Well, I'm just saying like <laughs> you think that right. like when you say you're making mistakes, mm-hmm. you. Did you imply the wrong thing or did you literally read the wrong thing in your head and change words out? Or like yeah, I'm trying I to probably read the wrong thing in my like I saw a D I and I said discriminate instead of uh disproportion or something. Like I'm just okay. And oh, then I, I don't be- know how to spell. See, I don't I'm not good with English and grammar. I don't know how you spell discriminate. Go ahead. It's a D I, right? Discriminate. Don't get me the line. I don't even <laughs> want to go on record on that. Because I already said what would be funny is an adult spelling bee. An adult tipsy spelling bee would be funny every time. You want to have a game night? I feel like you know how to spell when you lit. Like, I don't think you forget how to spell stuff. Give me Wednesday when I'm lit. Get out of here, boy. Wednesday. (laughs) Mm. I'm pretty sure majority of intoxicated people know how to spell. What's the one to be getting me? It's something like that. It's not distinct. I'm going to tell you what's getting me. It's another Uh, DI one. It ain't eventually. License always gets me. License? No, I'm cool with license. You cool with license? I'm cool with license. Okay. Distinctively? No, nah, it's something with a... Definitely? Definitely. Yes, I did. me at the end. Is some stuff in there? <laughs> it gets me. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Spell it. Go on record right D-E-F-I-N-I-T-E-L-Y. now. Spell it. D-E-F-I-N-I-T-E-L-Y. Okay. Definitely. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to check. I'm going to put it at the Uh-oh, bottom. We're going to check. <laughs> D-E. All right, where were you, were you going somewhere? All right, so I, I think I was basically going to ask you, um, is there a story in your life that relates? You said you had one earlier, so I, I definitely want to get that. I feel like I always start story time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, a good story. Ooh, I do want to see this principles, though. Let me look at this principle things first, but I know a story. Okay. Um, I remember it was a lady in there talking about a story, so I want to try and find her story where she was talking about how um. Ooh, maybe the Mexican fisherman. That's a good story. You remember the Mexican fisherman story? Oh yeah, well, he was chilling. He was, was chilling so already. Good. You want you want to tell that one? Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a paraphrase. It's two fifty two. Okay, cool, look cool. at it. That was such a good. That's story. a good story. And then I want to tell the story about um. It was a lady that did something. I gotta find that. I probably put it in stories. Two ninety two and one fifty. 292, 150, 246. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and hook you up on this uh, Mexican fisherman. All right, so basically this American dude took a vacation. He met this Mexican in a doctor's office or something. Um, The next morning he walked to the pier. Small boat was there. This dude was fishing. Long story short, he basically asked him, like, what he did with all his free time. And he was like... "Um, he said, I sleep late, I fish a little, I play with my children, take a siesta with my wife, Julia, stroll into the village each evening where I sit wine, play guitar with my amigos, and have a full and busy life, senor. 
So the dude was like, man, if you just would catch a few more fish, you could buy, you could get another boat. And then if you get a, one more boat, you can get a whole like slew of boats. And then if you do that, then you can make this corporation. And then you can move to L.A., then New York, <laughs> and then you can do this. And he was like, I had, next? he was What's like, then what I do, right? He was like, you can make millions. He was like, then what? He said, then you can retire and move to a small coastal fishing village where you would sleep late, fish a little, play with your kids, take a siesta with your wife, stroll in the village in the evenings where you could sit, wine, and play guitar with your amigas. So obviously the point was he was already doing um, what the so goal I'm going to do 15 years of work. 15, he asked him, like, how long is it going to take? Point. He was like, I don't know, 15, 20, 20 years, something like that. Also, I can make millions so I can do what I'm already doing right now. So a lot of people look at money and all this stuff in the middle. And really what you get into or what you're doing right now is probably what you want to do. It could be or it cannot be. But this book going to help you figure that out. Big facts. All right, that was great. With, um, I think I got some stuff over here. All right. All right. So Robin Rum, Rummel, who spent a year traveling through South America with her husband and seven-year-old son, was warned by friends and family not to visit Argentina after their devaluation riots in 2001. She did her homework and decided that the fear was unfounded and proceeded to have the time of her life in Patagonia. When she told locals that she was originally from New York, their eyes widened and jaws dropped. I saw those buildings blow up on TV. I would never go to such a dangerous place. Don't assume that places abroad are more dangerous than your hometown. Most aren't. I wanted to bring that to the story of us going to Brazil. Uh, it was Zika time. It oh, was like man. we had already booked. No, we ain't even booked a flight yet. It was probably eight months before the Olympics is about to happen, the 2016 Olympics. So this is like late 2015. The Zika outbreak is all over the place. Yep. Um, everybody's saying how bad Brazil is. They showing stuff on TV of people getting beat up in the streets and robbed. They are trying to not get people to come to Brazil. It was crazy. And we had already committed in like 2012 when we were graduating college in Trevor's office. Yo, we going to the 2016 Olympics. We going. We said that four years ago. We said we 2014, we confirmed again. Like yep. Olympics like two years away. It's well, we young. We already know. We going, right? We said we going regardless. He booked his flight. He ain't even tell me. I mean, kind of true. I told everybody I was going. Everybody dropped out. It was like 10 people interested. Yep. It was big trip list. 12, 20. Yep. We kept dropping down. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, cool. You down to about six people. I'm like, hey, y'all, I see an amazing flight deal yep. today. I am going to book this flight with insurance because I do not know what's going to happen in the world. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know, I am scared. I have done a little bit of research. Not much. So I'm not telling you what to do. Yep. I am booking that flight, though. So don't say I didn't tell you when the Olympics come around seven months later. How was it when we got over there? Um, it was pretty, I mean, it was, I ain't gonna lie to you. It was a mix of both. And I think it was a mix of both just because we had our precautions because also around the Zika outbreak, it was still like terrorist attacks happening randomly and stuff. So it's a lot to be worried about. And then the stuff they're showing on TV is real, but I think we message. I messaged Airbnb host and I talked to somebody that was a classmate of mine that lived in Brazil somewhere and they was like that's that's not real like that I had seen people on Instagram that was going to Brazil like two weeks before standing in the beach and stuff they was like the footage they showing is from like two years before and like that so pretty much and also they were showing areas of the construction sites that wasn't done for the Olympic Village they're showing mm -hmm. it's gonna be like a bad time we get over there Stuff is good. Like, they got areas set up. It's a lot of people with, like, guns on. But that's security because you want that. You felt safe. You felt safe, safe. Because it's like, oh, at the major touristy spots that they know people going to be at, if terrorists want to pop off, strap. we here. Strap. We ready. ready. Don't get I me wrong. I felt safe. I was like, what's up, y'all? How y'all doing? It felt very safe just walking <laughs> around and stuff. The we people look. were very nice, excited to see Americans and stuff like that. Like, And then you see, of course, when you're going with such a big time, it's not like a regular... Um, thing you got all these different people from the world there. So when you see other Americans, you feel safe. We got that's how we ended up talking to some people. And yep. I, got some free tickets. Free ticket. Amazing trip. It was amazing. Make trip of a lifetime. Yeah. For all sure. 2016. All summer all 16. Summer 16. Come on, for man. Sure. All right. Um, I obviously my biggest story is just like seeing how it applies to like where I'm at in in life right now. About before I read this book, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get out of this nine to five. I got to figure out something else. I got to, I can't keep doing this. Um, so just 
that it resonates with where I'm at right now. It's probably the biggest thing that pertains to my life. Um, is there Can any- I ask you a question that like yeah. is personal? For so sure. like you know, talk to me. You got your new job, new role. Mm-hmm. Do you regret getting your new role? Like, do you feel like if you could have um, been in your other role and been better off with like, I guess, man, being able to get a routine and managing time and stuff, or you feel like it's about the same? Like, uh, I knew that role better, so I was more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But this role was necessary one for me to get out of my comfort zone and then continue to do that. So if that's my goal is to continue to be uncomfortable, and I'm I'm doing it, and so I don't regret it at all. No. Bet. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely more difficult, but I'm I'm embracing all of that. All right. Oh well, yeah. Um, what can you take from this and apply right now, then? All right. Uh, one, read faster, for sure. <laughs> Use my finger, catching the three words. Um, it was a dream line in there, um, which basically just has you basically say five things within six months. You make this timeline six months, twelve months. Hell yeah, we you definitely get five things that you. What is it? You want to do. You want to be and you want to have. You're setting up many retirements, many yeah. almost like bucket lists, one thing per category, and you're going to do them. Right. So having, doing, and being. So just list five things you want to have, five things you want to do, five things you want to be, and then create those being into actionable type items. Like, I want to be this type of person. If you want to be fluent in Chinese, you may want to have a conversation with someone that's Chinese that speaks Mandarin or whatever, right? So make those actionable items and it basically has you line out like how much is that gonna cost? And then you get what is it, TMI? Is it T some acronym he used for basically a monthly income or a monthly yeah, the monthly income. Yeah, I think it's like DMI. TMI, target monthly income. Yep. TMI, you're right. Uh that you want to hit to be able to reach all those goals. And so he has you highlight like four. So it's a whole little thing that I'm going through. But ultimately that applies again to what I'm doing right now. I uh as well as the eighty twenty rule, the Pareto's law about like what eighty percent of things or what twenty percent of things in your life uh, like are responsible for eighty percent of your happiness and your joy, and what twenty percent is responsible for eighty percent of your unhappiness and all that. So that I'm just using that applies for sure. Um, I know for me, clutter is a big thing for me, and I gotta I gotta do stuff about it. So that's causing a big percentage of that. So um, yeah, working on that. Ooh, the art of letting bad things happen and stuff. It's mm. it's some. This book, I, maybe we ain't said it enough. I don't know if I hyped it enough. It's good. This book is it's, amazing. It's not a super easy read because it's a lot of like, like practices and fact stuff. But if you really are wanting to be more efficient, it was good because it aligned with what I'm looking to do. Um, so it's gonna be harder to read if you ain't trying to do none of this. If you scared, you don't want a new life, you don't want to live something different. Don't read it because it ain't for you. And it's gonna be hard to read, but it's some bars in there. Woo. All right. This is the last thing I want to leave that I'm applying and that I kind of wanted to share to make sure other people knew. When I was talking about principles over methods, I'm mm-hmm. just trying to round it out. Uh, as to methods, there may be a million and then some, but principles are few. The man who grasps principles can successfully select his own methods. The man who tries methods ignoring principles is sure to have trouble. All that saying, and that was Ralph Waldo Emerson again. All that saying is... Which what I like to say if I'm like working with teams or something or trying to delegate and stuff is like it's plenty of ways to do stuff. All styles get results. All leadership styles are going to produce some form of results. The part is you got to learn the principles. All the principles are the things that if you can grasp those and get the root principles going with people, the tools your team chooses to use don't really matter at the end of the day. They're going to get the results because you got the principles right. So I wanted to make sure I said that and then like... um, Here's some um, stuff that was talking about, like, if you're trying to do, like, service and stuff, trying to figure out which service and causes you want to do. And don't I, I really like this section of, of don't let people try and cause shame you that, like, your cause is less than the cause they trying to support or Ooh, this cause is better than that one. Because uh, you don't know how it's going to affect it downstream. Exactly. I didn't mean to say no. Thunder, I didn't, it ain't my thunder. It's I, thunder. True. Like, so I really just wanted to make sure that was that was said because, like. Um, this is what I like to use for selective ignorance. So I like, again, the cumulative part of thinking. When I read this part, um, 
What is the meaning of life? Fails the first and thus the second. So the two questions they asked before spending time on inducing question. And I thought this was big for people to have like overthinking or anxiety. Before spending time on a stress inducing question, big or otherwise, ensure that the answer is yes to the following two questions. One, have I decided on a single meaning for each term in this question? Two, can an answer to this question be acted upon to improve things? So that's just saying, one, do I know really what this question is saying from every word they use? So was that person impeccable with their words to ask that question? That's one. Two, can I act on this? That's the same thing I was asking with the selective ignorance. Is there something I can do about this? So if somebody's talking about their feelings or something, you can respond with, what can I do to make you feel better right now? If they say, I don't know. Where we going, babe? What we doing? <laughs> what we doing, huh? What we doing? What we going <laughs> to no, do, baby? Like, so just stuff like that. And then um, lastly, I wanted to end with a, a poem. Oh, yeah. The poem was good. <laughs> go ahead. Go for it. Do you want to read it? No, nah, you, you do it. You want to take turns to read it? Stands, you already stands with it? All right, all right. Uh, page, page 306. 306. All right. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll start. Yeah. <clears throat> this is called Slow Dance. <laughs> Have you ever watched kids on a merry-go-round? Or listen to the rain slapping on the ground. Ever followed a butterfly's erratic flight, or gaze in, or gaze at the sun into we the fading love. night. <laughs> you better slow down. Don't dance so fast. Time is short. The music won't last. Do you run through each day on the fly? When you ask, "How are you?" Do you hear the reply? When the day is done, do you lie in your bed with the next hundred chores running through your head? You better slow down. Don't dance so fast. Time is short. The music won't last. Ever told your child, we'll do it tomorrow? And in your haste, not see his sorrow? Ever lost touch? Let a good friendship die? Because you never had time to call and say hi? You better slow down. Don't dance so fast. Time is short. The music won't last. When you run so fast to get somewhere, you miss half the fun of getting there. When you worry and hurry through your day, it is like an unopened gift thrown away. Life is not a race. Do take it slow. And together, hear, hear the, the music, music before, before the, the song, song is over. over. Hey, this has been another ZTP Zen the Trap Perspective. <laughs> and if you don't do nothing, make sure you remember, protect your peace and protect, protect your energy. We Zen out. Trap, we out. <laughs>